Hey guys, Maddox here with a couple quick announcements before we get to the episode. First, we want to give a huge heartfelt thank you to Kayvon, who donated to Caverns and Comedians through our site. His donation is going to help keep us going with equipment, hosting fees, and enough liquor to keep the cast interesting. All these things are important, and you're helping make them happen, so thank you so much. If you guys want to be cool like Kayvon, go to cavernsandcomedians.com and find the Support Us tab in the top right. Another thing we want to do before we go on is give a shout out to one of our friends. Uh, if you're into nerdy podcasts and you're listening to a D&D podcast, so odds are pretty good. Our friends run a podcast called Commander's Brew, where every episode they design a Magic the Gathering deck based around a theme. If that sounds like something that interests you, or if you've just been thinking about getting into Magic for a really long time, they're two very funny guys. So please look them up wherever fine podcasts are sold. All right, without further ado, let's get to this week's interesting episode. Welcome to Caverns and Comedians, Dungeons and Dragons powered storytelling with Toronto Comedians. Last time, the party met Fuchs God who restored many of his lost memories and commanded the party to deliver a bunch of beer to a mountain full of dragons. You find yourself at the gates of the Galarian Brewing Company. It is a rustic operation. There is a courtyard, large brick building with obviously a smokestack coming out. It's about two stories tall. You are surrounded by nature. This is obviously well away from the city. Your stupid god didn't even drop us off near my house. Wait, just a moment. Before before these memories really fade, there are a few things that I need to, uh, everyone else to know, just because I probably won't know them in a few minutes. Um, we need to find Maldar's mother at some point, because it seems to be going something through that family tree. He was put on our team for a reason, and uh, his mother might be the only one surviving from that family. I will take notes and try to remember to reference those notes. Also, I owe a lot of people apologies. Um... I I I I, did, I accept. I, I thought I was more charming than I was, and in fact, I was just naked. Well, should we get a drink? Oh, and also, uh, my wife remembers all of the women that I've been with since she okay. died, like sixteen hundred years ago. Yeah. But she doesn't seem to have remembered any of the men, so I can still date men, and she won't notice. I think I preferred you not having a memory. We'll give it a minute. Just let the memories fade. Let it happen. And slowly, as Hank puts the finger onto the lips of Fook to quiet him. And Fook sucks on them. (laughs) (laughs) It goes from a a known friend to an exciting stranger. Oh, now I just remember my family dying and everything that happened before it. Great! Let's get drinks! Status quo! Ah, Susan, this is going to be so great. You hear the large main doors of the main building open. And out walk two dwarven men. They are there's sort of a slightly taller one who is uh, walking ahead of the other one, and they are talking excitedly to each other. Uh, excuse us, uh, we are here on a business. We have an order to pick up for delivery. Whoa, uh, whoa, 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 whoa! We only got one delivery going on right now, and we it is a doozy of a delivery. Uh, we. We've we've got very much business to attend to right now. Sorry, the the tours are are closed for the day. I don't want to see a place where they make. Wait, maybe I do. 
yes, we could wander around on our own. I'm sure we'll figure it out. And by the way, hello, my name is Fook. Hello, uh, my name is Chester Q. Galarian. I own this fine establishment here. This is my associate, Runkles. Where's the bar? Well, basically everywhere here is a bar, but right now we're in, the, we're in lockdown mode. Ooh, anything we can do to help? Well, unless you have your Class H holding license, then I don't know of anything you could do for us. Well, I mean, I've got my Class H, yeah. No, I normally use utility vehicles, but I could haul a truck. Yes, and I know how most vehicles seem to work. I've seen them drive a catapult. Well, maybe... Well, maybe. get flung by a catapult. Same. Is that the same thing? Same thing. Well, maybe we could uh, we could come to a little uh, little arrangement then. Uh, we have a, we have a, a shipment of uh, fine quality goods that we... Uh, we need moved to a to a buyer, but uh, it's not exactly the kind of thing we want at any way stations. If you follow the meaning, because it's heavy, right? Yes, this thing is very heavy. Is it the sort of thing a dragon might like? His face drops and becomes very stern all of a sudden. He was smiling at you before, and at the mention of the word dragon, he there's a steely intensity. And he doesn't say anything at you. Oh, sorry, mispronounced it. I meant dragoon. You know, the the uh, the army type people. Is that a word? It is a word. Yes, thank you. You aren't smokies by any chance, are you? Uh, I've been known to partake. Only when I mess up a spell real bad. I'm and just gonna yeah. say no. <laughs> think I think no. I mean to say. You aren't law. Oh, hell no. They don't oh, like us no. at all. Oh, no. I'm a knight of this realm or some other one. No, I don't prescribe Wait, to any Wait, that does mean laws. I'm the law, doesn't it? No, not really. Not official. I'm law adjacent. So you would say almost that you are outlaw? Yeah. Well, I've been out for a very long time. And I am a wanted man. Oh, perfect. A wanted man with a class H license. Not wanted by us. I'm wanted by someone. Sure. Keep telling yourself that. Oh, you're the one in the group that everybody beats up on, aren't you? There's always one. That's what Runkles is for. <laughs> Got that right, Runkles? Yeah, yes. Runkles. Oh, yes, sir. Oh, I thought Runkles seemed very charismatic and the sort of person you'd always want to have around. Well, I do keep him around. He is he is indispensable, but he does serve a purpose. I was a little taken aback earlier when you mentioned the word, the D word. Oh, so that took you aback, but not the fact that we appeared here out of nowhere. That happens practically every day. We're a brewery in the middle of nowhere. We tend to attract the odder elements. Yes, why are you out in the middle of nowhere? Well, that kind of gets into what we're going to be discussing here. It's uh, production and dispensing and sale of one of our uh, main products is not exactly above the boards. Oh, wait. Are you doing something to exotic animals that people shouldn't know about? Yes, but that has nothing to do with this. Oh, good. Yes. That's, a, that's sort of a sad thing. You'll see some of that later. Uh, well, we uh, we have a clientele that requires a, a, a very uh, a fine brew. Oh, you guys are the guys that brew Dragon's Bane. They're like the, the really tough beer. Well, that's our light beer, really. Uh that is fatal to most of the small folk, uh, but the ones one we have in question is fatal to all but the largest and most uh, developed of the uh, the dragon folk. 
One pint, please. Yeah, sir. I'll, I'll give a little sample cup, please. I am afraid that I could not possibly let you drink just of that. A little tipple, and we will be on our way. But just give me a, just give me a lick. I tend not to die. Really, this stuff will burn your throat as it doesn't it won't even make it to your stomach. I would say let us be the judge of that. Are you serious, sir? Yeah. I need I need someone with a license here. I'm not going to let you drink this. You should never ever drink this stuff. It will kill you. It is outlawed for a good reason. All right, so what I'm hearing is that I shouldn't drink before I drive, but if I complete this run, I get a free one on the house. Sure, yes, you drink for free, but only light stuff. This stuff we brew specifically for dragons. Dragons. Do I have to say that again? Not humans, not ales, not halflings, not dwarves. What's a drunk dragon like? Amiable. Oh. Hmm. Hmm. Well, depends on the coloration, really. Well, that's racist. Well, uh, it's... I suppose it is, but it is empirically true. Well, if you get your metallic dragons, then they're generally nicer people. Oh, jeez, you're just digging a hole. So if we take this fancy dragon beer to dragons, we can have a drink of whatever we want on the house. If you make it back alive, sure, why not? <laughs> Sweet. Deal. Right, uh, now, because this is a, a heavy load, uh... We're going to need some of you to drive the truck wagon, and we also are going to need a blocker car. Now, we have the blocker driver, but they might need a co-pilot. Uh, let's just say our blocker driver is the best in the business. For some people, you may need to explain the concept of a blocker car, hypothetically. What, you guys have never been on a long-haul smuggling run? I may have. I have no way of knowing. That is deeply concerning. I'm going to say, say no yeah. again. You're yeah, a bunch I'm... of outlaws with trucking licenses and you've never been on a long-haul smuggling run? Well, the license is in my bag of holding. Has anyone seen my bag of holding? I think, I think it blew up. Oh, no. Where will I poop? We're going to be moving pretty fast. It shouldn't be a problem. Right. Well, here's the thing is that we don't want the, the truck wagon to attract any undue attention because if, say, if, that, if you go blasting past a way station that's gonna drive uh some people crazy but if uh say somebody is out there peacocking around that might uh get the smokies off your back oh so you need someone to get people's attention well yeah that's the blocker car they block uh the view essentially it's it's a metaphor you need someone to fuck with the law yeah that's that's pretty much the entirety of this whole thing is fucking with master law yeah i'm in well, I tend to blend right in, says the tiny paladin, sitting on a dashant. Right, well, that's, uh, you might not be the best in the truck, but, uh... I'll take the truck. Ten and two. Well, why don't I, why don't I introduce you to our blocker driver? Oh, here she comes now, and you see something that you, unlike any contraption you have ever seen, even a, uh, a tinker gnome like Fook has not seen... Firebird Trans M that drives up the Trans Empire version of the regular Firebird. This is looks like an all metal carriage, but with no horses. It is a horseless carriage, which none of you have ever seen before. On the hood of this car, the image of a phoenix, but it's not just an image. It is there is an actual phoenix tied to the front of this car that is constantly burning and coming back to life in a brilliant flash of energy and it is this magical energy that is being harnessed 
to power this vehicle. It is the true firebird. And this speeds into the courtyard, does a really hard sliding stop and kicks up a lot of the gravel into your face and there's a cloud of smoke and it obscures your view for a second and you hear the door opening and as the dust settles, there stands Debbie. Well, shit, what kind of ragtag group of sons of bitches you brought for me today, huh? Whoa. So as Debbie looks around uh, at this group of people, she smiles, and out of the corner of her mouth, you can see where her tooth used to be, and she just, like, slides in this, like, oh, Virginia Slim right there, and then leans down and lights it off of the hood of her car. This does a little bit of, uh, of annoyance to the phoenix, which is sort of constantly dying and being reborn. But Ah, <laughs> come on. Uh, listen, Chuckles. Look, we've been through this before. What, you're dying, you're alive? It's fine. Come on, we're friends. All your friends, it looks like. That's rather painful for the phoenix. Who the hell are you? Fook Wimble is at your service. Is that a dashing you're sitting on? Yes. Nice that you can tell through all that dust you kicked up. Yeah, well, you know. His I... name's Steve. Steve the Dashing. Nice to meet you, at least. Uh, uh, Debbie goes over uh, to her dwarven compatriots and leans down. Seriously, though, who the fuck are these people? They're just a bunch of patsies. Uh, they're willing to drive the truck. They just came in off the street. Couldn't be easier. No, my name's not Patsy. It's Fook. Now, Fook, I'm going to have to ask you to turn around and take ten steps just that way. Just just give us a moment. Oh, all right. They're little steps because he's a little man. Now, we just need you to, to get them to the Blue Mountain. If you can get them to the Blue Mountain, I don't care what happens to them after. But we will pay double your usual rate. Double? Double. Now, is that a guarantee? Is that a promise? Because you know how I feel about those who are oath breakers. You know I will come for you if I find you've been yanking my chain. <laughs> oh, Debbie. Oh, we have a time, but this one's on the level. He spits in his hand and holds it out to shake. Uh, Debbie spits out of the side of her mouth that doesn't have a cigarette in it and then also shakes. You got yourself a deal, little man. You just keep them alive until you guys get to the Blue Mountain and then anything else goes. Well, if there's anything I know better than killing, it's how to keep people alive. I know that doesn't maybe sound logical, but look, I've lived a life. She seems nice. Yeah, you guys were actually able to hear all of this. <laughs> oh, for sure. Maybe I'll take up smoking. So uh, they bring around the truck wagon, which is a large uh, wagon. It has a wooden... Uh, the trailer of this is sort of longer than your average wagon, and it's a, a wooden carriage. It looks like a truck trailer, uh, but there are six large horses that it is tied up to because this is very, very heavy. It is loaded with these giant kegs of dragon-sized beers, and these horses are each the size of a Clydesdale easily. Hank climbs up into the cab, settles himself in, pauses for a deep moment, I'm going to need directions. Now, uh, you guys basically just have to go along the highway. That it, it is. There are some tributaries. You're going to go past the, a lot of little hamlets, but you just got to stay on that road. Don't worry. Don't worry. Uh, Debbie knows the way. You're going to have the, these here, uh, these stones of far speech that you guys will be able to keep in touch on. Uh, so you're going to keep one in, one in each, and uh, that'll let you uh, talk to each other. Did you have to tie down the stone of far speech? Were you worried I was going to take it? Or was this just like an aesthetic choice? It's more of an aesthetic choice. Uh, 
It is that that string is actually connected to a larger stone that allows you to con communicate with many other stones around you. Yes, oh. and now when it says on it that you can reach out and touch someone, is that uh, literal? No, that is deeply oh. metaphorical. Damn it. There are uh, two seats in the truck wagon, and there are two seats in the the Firebird. Um, look, I'm, I know I'm just getting to know y'all, and I really appreciate, you know, the fact that you're coming along in this job with me, but I got to put it out here right now. I don't want to ride with, like, Flappy McSex weirdo over here. I don't take offense to that somehow. I mean, good. It's, it's true, even if you think of it as a, a bad thing or a good thing. It's kind of true either way. It's just kind of a statement of fact. Yes. Yes. Well, I'm working on it. Well, you know what? We all are who we are, and who I am means I do not want to ride with you. So which one of y'all wants to come in the uh, firebird with old Debbie La Deb LaRue? Snakey shuffles her feet on the ground and kind of like looks away but puts her hands up. Well, howdy there, little miss. I don't think I caught your name. I'm Snakey. Snakey? Mm. Now, is that your... Uh, That's my given name. Your given name. Mm, sounds like you got stories to tell. And Debbie um, just sort of kind of like tilts Snakey's chin just to, uh, to like get a really good look at her face and like feels like some of the grime come off on her thumb and then just like gives her a little like cute little kid like kind of like punch on the chin, one of those like uh, sport kind of things. And Debbie's just like, I see a lot of myself in you. <laughs> Hop on in. Okay, well, uh, bye, guys. Yes, uh, well, be good and call us when you get there oh, and all okay. that sort of thing. And um, uh, tip them for gas if you need to. Come Susan, on, get in. Fook. Wait, what's gas? It's fine. Come with us. Let, let, let us have a new friend. Fook gets up in the cab where he sits down and can't see over the dashboard and his feet cannot touch the ground. <laughs> so you're definitely on the passenger side. <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> Hank slides Fook over into the passenger seat and climbs into the drive. Oh, but I have more experience. I think I'm better at the trucks. You're better at the stuff to blow stuff up. You'll be in charge of blowing stuff up if it attacks us. All right. We're team. Don't talk to me. Just give, me give me a high five real quick. We're team. Fook tries to stare at the window, but he's too short. Hank's moving his high five slowly closer to Fook. Fook's until face is pressed against the window. Debbie is watching this happening like, what the goddamn friggin' hell is this? <laughs> but just lets it happen. It's like, okay, all right, cool. Debbie slides in uh, to the driver's seat of the Firebird with a kind of like really cool, slick practice ease. And it's almost like she doesn't even have to close the door. It just kind of knows who's coming in and, and like is paying tribute to it. Snakey goes to open the passenger door, but it, it's locked. So she, she uh, has to knock on the window. Oh, oh, uh, yeah. Sorry, sorry about that. And uh, Debbie like really awkwardly kind of scooches over and like opens up uh, the, the manual lock and just kind of like really leans over and opens it up. And is like, yeah, just come on. Yeah. It can, watch your head. It's kind of a, you know, kind of a low no, trans answer. Cool. No, yeah. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Okay. Um, Debbie, like, opens up uh, the glove compartment and takes out a thing of fire whiskey and takes a huge swig of it and offers it to Snakey. Snakey uh, takes the fire whiskey and um, takes a couple of awkward gulps. Whoo! It's yeah, yeah, hot, yeah. hotter than beer. Yeah. Oh, well, that's why it's called fire whiskey. It gets almost as hot inside your body after you drink it as it does out here in the desert. Susan, who's um, 
who's snaked into the back seat, pokes her head between the two front seats. Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, what is that? Oh, that that's Susan. That's my uh, that's my friend, my, my snake. Your, your friend? She's not really mine. Like, who owns anything, really, you know, right? But... Well, I own this phoenix that keeps living and dying in the engine. Oh, well, I, I guess... I don't really own Susan, but, like, we're bound together. Are you a philosopher of some kind, or? No, I just, I'm alone a lot. <laughs> Me too, honey. Me too. And um, Debbie just kind of, like, flips her super big Texas permed hair and uh, uh, starts up the engine. Um, obviously, the, the screams of the phoenix can be heard as the engine starts up. And uh, a blast of heat comes through the ventilators. Uh, <laughs> don't worry, you'll get used to it. Look, howsoever you relate to animals or magical creatures or whatever, that's your business, and my business is mine, all right? So if you want to philosophize, you do have your own time to do that. Yeah, cool. Whatever, it's fine. Hank leans out his window. Let's go, toot toot. Oh, there's actual horn. He pulls the horn. <laughs> And the horn just says, convoy. <laughs> so, yes, you pull out onto the highway. Uh, it is Imperial Highway number 61. And the term highway is very grandiose for what is essentially a dirt track cut through the wilderness. This is, you are quite far from Trudeau. Uh, you would know these names from a map, but you might never have been to them. There is Innis Fallen and Cerno. Just these towns keep rolling by. Uh, when you're not rolling by a hamlet, there is almost no one else you see on this road. But after about an hour or two, you pass by a hamlet, Black Church, that a trooper on a horse sees you rolling by. And you pass by his sign that says Customs Stop. And you do not stop because that's the whole point of smuggling is to not stop for customs. He begins to give chase, and there is a man on a horse who's starting to gain fast on the truck wagon. Debbie sees this officer on a horse catching up right quick to that uh, big old truck being carried by all those Clydesdales. Debbie leans over to uh, Snakey and says, Y'all buckled up? Yup. Let's go. Debbie puts Firebird into, like, fourth gear and there's this sound and it's mostly the phoenix in pain but (laughs) the car just springs to life and death and then life again as uh uh uh, debbie navigates the firebird uh to try and uh cut off the officer that is catching up the spinning of the wheels and all the dirt that's kicked up and the little juke move that the firebird makes definitely catches the eye of the trooper and he he's no longer thinking about this brown and gold truck wagon that went by that didn't bother stopping or slowing down as it should have but now he sees a hot dogger and he's gonna go after that hot dogger oh and debbie's just hot dogging it Ooh, boy howdy (laughs) hank leans into the stone of fire speech Uh, remember to drive safe though right like, drive safe? Uh, Debbie leans over to the stone of fire speech. Like, gosh, you know what? I didn't think about that. And I really, wow, thank you so much. I really, really appreciate that, uh, Debbie says, as she puts it into a higher gear and then turns on the radio to something that, like, kind of sounds like Sweet Home Alabama, but is not Sweet Home Alabama. 
instead of radio, what you have is the, the Stones of Far Speech also have uh, pickups in little taverns. So you hear the sound of a bard playing a country song Great. in a country tavern. Oh, I love this bard. He's my favorite. <laughs> Brennard Sninnard. Yeah, totally. I totally I've heard of him. Hank, I've had two thoughts. One, that was very impressive. And two, we've got to destroy that vehicle at some point because of that poor bird. I mean, maybe we'll finish the mission and then we'll ask her, hey, maybe it's time let the bird go real nice. Or I'll just put an axe through the car and release it. Don't put an axe through the part of the car that has the bird in it, though. That's kind of against the point. We'll figure it out. So the trooper is going to try to make uh, try to make up as much ground, and he's going to do his best to get alongside the firebird, which causes him... He's going to try to dash and give a little extra to his horse, but he rapidly begins losing ground. And the horse pulls up, and the blocker car has done its job. The truck has been able to put enough distance between it and the town. The horse is spent now. Uh, he went up flat out. It is heaving. There, uh, There's froth coming from its mouth. His horse is done. So as the second vehicle goes by, Fook is waving out of the window because he's now standing on the seat so he can see out. And he's singing, We've got a great big convoy rocking through the night. We've got a great big convoy. Ain't it a beautiful sight? And this trooper throws his hat to the ground in frustration and anger and shakes his fist at you as you go by. Ah, woo! <laughs> oh, mm. how good does that feel, huh? Am I right there, Snakey? So freaking good. Oh, uh, high five? Yeah. Uh, it's sticky. <laughs> Debbie, like, um, wipes the grime on the steering wheel. Is just like, you know what? All straps for all folks. All straps for all folks. Some of them are dirty. Some of them love animals. It just happens. Sometimes I wonder if I've got stripes under all this dirt. I just haven't seen it in a while. Is it that you hate, like, do you hate bathing? Or is it like a religious thing? Or like, I'm not judging. I'm not judging. I'm not judging. I hate bathing. I like dirt. Mm. Yeah, Mm. those things would tend to go together. Um... So uh, uh, Debbie is now like puts uh, the Firebird into like second gear. There's um, what could be heard as almost like a sigh of relief from the Phoenix, but it's hard to hear uh, over the fire. Um, And so we're at cruising speed now. And Debbie kind of leans over to Snakey and, uh, you know, uh, lights up another cigarette in her tooth hole. It's like, so uh, what's y'all story? Y'all seem like a real motley crew. How 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 do y'all meet? Hmm? Um, hey, could I have one of those? You smoke, huh? Oof. Yeah, sure. How old are you? Um, uh, old enough. Hey, fine. I started smoking when I was nine. Here you go. Oh, thank you. <clears throat> she looks around for somewhere to light it on. Debbie just like pushes in. Like you know how there's like a like a car lighter in most cars. This one has one, but it is also just attached to the Phoenix. Uh, <laughs> Debbie pulls it out, um, hands it to Snakey. Gotta say, it's the best kind of light you'll ever have. Once you light something off a Phoenix, mm, that smoke just don't taste right afterward. Okay, uh, okay, yeah. And Snakey lights up her cigarette. Uh, Susan gives a disapproving nod from the back seat. <laughs> okay. I see, with my little eye, something that is a tree. I'm not playing this game with you. Yeah, but what tree, right? Trying to figure it out. 
Well, by the time I figure it out, it will be in the past. Anyways, it, is, it, will it is be past gone. Us. It is gone. I'm sorry. Hank, you have children. How do you not have better games? You mostly just buy the board games from the store. I don't have to think about it. Oh, you're a terrible parent. I love my kids. That doesn't make you a non-terrible parent. Oh. So at this point, you've been going for a few hours, and it seems to be pretty smooth sailing, driving. Uh, and over the stones, you hear the crackle and the voice of Galarian. Uh, now, uh, I just want to know, want, want to check in that you guys are all uh, moving along well there, no trouble? Yes, we are now playing a license plate game, and so far I've only seen one damn license plate. Yeah, no, I did the calculations. I think we're 26 minutes ahead of schedule. Well, that's very that's very heartening because uh, just I want to check, make sure that you guys understand that if you do not get this uh, beer there on time, it will explode. Wait, that was, not, that was not in the briefing. Yeah, no, we don't tell people before they get out there. Uh, it is very volatile. Um, how big of a blast radius are we looking at? Well, definitely the size of the truck, certainly. Okay, if it gets close to blowing up, we drink it. Yeah, that that is the worst possible solution. That is that is right down there with uh, just slitting your own throats. I do want to have a taste, though. I still do want to have a taste. Well, why don't you let me drive for a while then? Debbie just looks at Snakey like, like so. So these are your friends, really? These these guys, really? Okay. Yeah, I know. I know they're they're pretty crazy seeming. Um. Yeah, yeah, why is that one guy so flappy and just ugh? That oh, I can't. I can't skin answer just that. hanging from sinew. I have no, I have no idea. I can't answer. I don't and know why dog. he's like that. He just came like that. I guess. Ugh. Yeah, I guess sometimes we can't help our factory settings. I suppose. Yeah. Right. Totally. Totally. <laughs> right. Get what that means. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> and uh, what about uh, that that other one there in the in the truck there? No, huh? uh, he's obsessed with getting back to his family in like a different time. <laughs> That's a fool's errand and a chump's game. <laughs> yeah, it's better when your family's dead. <laughs> Anyways, uh, oh, you've been driving trucks long, cars? Yeah, I've been driving a lot of things for a long time. Long time indeed. You know. uh... I don't know if you're ready to hear this, but uh, yeah. I like you. You know, uh, one point in my life, I was supposed to get married, settle down, settle down with some supposedly nice young man, son of a prominent figure. Oh. Of course, you know, my mom always wanted me to do something like that, but life moves fast, and so do I. As it turns out my heart just outran the road. That this boy put down for me. Whoa. Left him at the altar. I haven't seen him since. Do you think he's still there? Oh, dumb question. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, you know what? Knowing him, maybe. Not uh, not the sharpest tool you'll find in the drawer sometimes. Sweet, sweet boy. Real, real sweet boy. Just an idiot. And You know, uh, you gotta do what's right for you in this life. Whether it's Tooling down the road as fast as you can. And as fast as you go, you can never outrun your demons. Or actual demons. I found that out once. No, I hear that yeah. for sure. Yeah, you, you fought demons? <sighs> well, back in my hometown, we had a we had a bit of a problem with some gnolls. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, 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 sometimes yeah. you promise to lay your life down for the city you were born in, and then sometimes you, like, fail miserably in time travel and play giant game shows and um, hang out with a dwarf and lose a sense of what you were supposed to do in the first place. Right, yeah. It's a very common tale. Yeah. No, Hank, once that many bottles have fallen off the wall, you build a goddamn new shelf. It's just a song. This is a tragedy. No, it's a song. Why does it keep happening? You're focusing on the story. Is no one looking into the problem? But you gotta gotta focus on the lyric. The tavern is going to go under. But you didn't know it's a tavern. It might just be some guy's basement Well, he's going to drown. Um, It's just a counting game. Teach you how to count. But I know how to count, Hank. Now I'm just worried about beer. You you jumped a couple last time we did a verse. You skipped a couple numbers in there. I, I... once we get into the thousands, I get confused. Use the paper. Do the math. <laughs> Hank, goddamn you. At this point, you pass a sign saying, now entering the Shire of Gorilla. Underneath that, Shire Reeve Bosco T. Man. He always gets his man. Debbie clocks that sign and uh, puts the uh, Firebird into the next highest gear and gets onto uh, the the stone and says, "Okay, all boys. Now, whatever happens, I would suggest we just keep moving on right through this area right here. Okay, the quicker we get through here, the quicker we can get to where we're going. So just, uh, you know, keep your heads on a swivel, eyes up, uh, and uh, keep it sharp." I'll be honest. This is a different make and model than my normal truck, so I wasn't hundred percent sure where the brake was anyway. So yeah, I was just gonna keep going. Let me drive. <laughs> For the love of God, I can drive! I mean, it's probably that one. I just haven't needed it yet. Hank, I'm going to murder you. Uh, You pass by another customs stop. And this time, blowing past it, not a man on a horse, but a large carriage pulls out from behind a almost like a hunting duck blind. It was well hidden and you had no idea it was there. And it is gaining speed quite quickly. Oh, sweet, sentimental Sally. All right. Uh, Debbie um, uh, looks in the, the rearview mirror at uh, uh, the carriage that is, is gaining speed and is looking, like, visibly more nervous than she was before. Like, she still has that kind of swagger, but, like, there's clearly something else that's up. Debbie turns to Snakey. You, uh, you know how to handle weaponry? <laughs> yes. We're friends now. You just know that, right? <laughs> I've never <laughs> real friend. <laughs> All right. Here's what we're going to do. So Debbie gets on the stone. All right, chuckle fucks. Okay, listen up. Now, I don't know if we're necessarily going to be able to outrun this person we have coming up. Uh, can I interrupt for a moment? I mean, you're going to anyway. Yes, well, we're, we're, can, you, can you break a debate? Why is a raven like a writing desk? Okay, so uh, we're not going to be able to outrun uh, this uh, uh, next entry we have coming up. So I'm going to have to get y'all to make sure that you are ready in case that we are going to have a fight. Now, I'm going to do my best. Now, I'm saying it's because they're both made out of raven bones. going to do my best to uh, see if we can at least slow down what's coming on behind us, but... These are tenacious, tenacious people in this town. And if we don't destroy them, then they are more than likely going to destroy us. Fook, give me, give me the stone. Give me the stone. Give me, uh. Hey, hey, hey. 
Look, you just make them drive real reckless, and then I'll throw a bunch of magics at them and make it real hard to drive. All right, that sounds like a, a nice plan, decent plan. Wouldn't that be easier if I was driving, Hank? You you can grab the wheel for a bit while I'm casting spells. Debbie uh, hangs up the stone, and it, like in it, it, like under her breath, she's like, "How how is a raven like a riding desk?" Uh, uh, turns to Snakey and says, um, "All right." Here we go. In the carriage that is gaining on you very quickly, it's got these two thoroughbred horses pulling it. They are powerful animals. And the carriage itself is is long and wide and very looks very low to the ground. It's very stable. Uh, inside, there is a man as fat as the moon. The, he's <laughs> holding the wheel that is connected to the reins of the horses and beside him sits a a bullet-headed, just milk-fed country boy. Like veal? Yes. <laughs> yeah, basically he's like human veal. Okay. Uh, very tender. Uh, tender brain. My, I seen that firebird before. I seen it before. I tell you, I tell you that devil woman is back through our town. I told you, if she ever, if she ever came back here to the place of her ignominious uh, fleeing from us, that she would face the justice of Moscow T. Man. And beside him, the sun just goes. Why is a mouse when it's spinning, father? I told you, boy, doing that thinking is not any good to you. You just stay right there. You stay on that. You stay on that. You hold up that crossbow and you hit those wheels because we are going to get all this time. Debbie um, puts the car into fifth gear and does a, a real quick uh, swerve turn, uh, almost almost to the point of like doing like a donut and uh, kicking up gravel. Uh, the, the phoenix is just screaming, just screaming. And... She uh, drives um, uh, alongside uh, that carriage in the back and she looks out the window and kind of like gives this like sassy wink, the, like the, you know, the angry guy uh, on the carriage and uh, yells out the window, oh, hey, daddy-in-law, how's it going? I told you if you came back here, there would be consequences. Um, uh, Debbie puts the car in reverse and is just going as fast as uh, uh, the carriage, just like, but in reverse, rolling, uh, just, oh, just driving backwards, like such a badass, like a badass, you know? Gosh, you know what? Sorry, I know I said I wasn't going to roll through your town, but you know, business is just business. You know how it goes. Oh, this is my new friend, Snakey. Say hi. Snakey has drawn the bow off her back and knocked an arrow, and she's holding it up to her window, and she winks. Snakey hoists herself up, so she's sitting on the window seat, looking above and across the car into the window of the opposing carriage. Debbie, do you want this guy dead? Oh, sweetie, honey, no, no, no. I don't want him dead. I don't want him dead. Debbie looks over at him like, I don't want you dead. Are you sure? Oh, you know what? You're making a pretty good point. Do I want <laughs> you dead? Oh, I, you will. If you come at the king, you'd better come correct. Because if you want to make this a fight to the death, I can go for blood. Mm, you know what? Actually, I know you can, and I know I can, and I know my skills had, uh, and I know uh, the lack of yours. Uh, you know what? I'm kind of busy right now, so if you I'm just backing off. Snakey takes aim at the the wheels of the carriage. 
These wheels are large and wooden. They are essentially just heavy wagon wheels. Do connect to the axle, so they do have a vulnerable point. You take out one of the spokes, and now the wheel is wobbling. He's not able to keep his car going straight, and it becomes a very bumpy ride for them. And he is not really able to keep control, so he's going to swerve massively, and he's losing a lot of ground right now. So the truck is starting to pull away. Nice shooting, Tex. That's nothing. <laughs> Fook is currently trying to trade places with Hank while they're still driving along. So there's there's a bit of chaos in the cab as they're trying to continue to steer while a dog and a paladin move across the wizard to try and and he's accidentally stepping on Hank's just, groin. Just leave the dog in the bottom. He doesn't have to help you I drive. I need him to be able to press the petals. That's not a good sign. <laughs> So as the as the chasing carriage starts to swerve and fall back, the kerfuffle in the cab of the truck, there's a moment where there is no uh, force being given to the horses to keep going, and they're tired, so they just start slowing down for a while. So you have to get back in there and sort of crack the whip a bit on them. Just you focus on driving, I'll focus on the magics. My axe is caught on your armpit. Get it out of there. It hurts. Shire Reeve, Bosco T-Man, back in his carriage, is very angry that he's been knocked off his game. He was he was really hoping to make a good impression, and getting hit by that arrow really set him back a bit. So he nudges his boy, Junior, to... Uh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> he nudges his boy, Junior, to grab out his little hand crossbow and try to shoot back at him. And he sort of sticks his head out the window and takes a shot. And it actually hits the back of the Trans M, but it just sort of hits a uh, like a non-essential part and sticks out. So it is a bit jarring, but it doesn't slow you down at all. Uh, Debbie... Um you know, obviously, like, uh, wasn't wasn't thrown too hard off of uh, her her course and like her her just general show offery, and she looks at Veal Boy right in the face and and shakes her head and says, "Oh, honey, now you know the only way you could really break my heart is hurting my car, and you done just hurt my car." Debbie kind of like steers the uh, Firebird like into the side of the wagon um, to uh, like try and like push it off the road, but also just as a way of saying, you know, like, okay, you you tried something and you failed miserably. I'm the one in control here. They are in this sort of incenses the guys behind you. They are they really now feel out of control of the situation. Hank eyes a sharp turn coming up in the road. And he pulls out his magic components and casts grease behind the blocker car and in front of the cop. Hank doesn't even have to pop out the window to do it, so there is no idea where that grease may have come from. So this patch of grease just comes up in the middle of the road, but it sort of sinks into the dirt. Uh, there is a like a little layer of grease that stays up, but these horses just sort of they manage to just drive their hooves so deep into the ground they are cutting up the road basically. And they managed to just go right over your puddle of grease. Oh, don't worry. It's not the last trick I got in my sleeves. Are you doing more of those god-awful card tricks? Because I'm done with them. No, I'm doing real magics. No spells right now. This isn't a game. This is magic. Sneaky has an idea. She leans back in through the window while ripping off the cuff of her deeply soiled jacket, <laughs> wrapping around the tip of her next arrow. Hey, 
Debbie, uh, pull up that, that lighter thing again? Yeah, absolutely, no problem. Uh, Debbie pushes in, like, a car lighter and pushes it out. Again, uh, Phoenix just is just, like, incensed. Ooh, okay, uh. Uh, Snakey takes the lighter from her and lights the very greasy fabric on the end of the arrow alight. Snakey leans back out the window. Well, here we go. She aims at the grease patch still under uh, the car. The horses manage to get over the grease patch, but the police cruiser carriage is now rolling over it at that very moment. The very moment that it bursts into flames. This wooden police cruiser is now on fire and trying to attempt to chase after you. Hey, yes, and that's why you don't wash. <laughs> Damn it, boy, don't you have a fire extinguisher or anything? Battle those flames, boy. Yeah. Oh. Now, I would have said, let's quit horsing around, but I also like what you said. I thought that was that was great. Oh, let's get, quit horsing around. Oh, that's good. That's really funny. It's, yeah. I mean, it's okay. I've yeah, been, it's, you I, know, don't, I don't know. I like, I it. I, I like it a lot. But, you know, I had a while to think of it, so. Um, Hank comes over the Stone of Fire speech and tries to talk to the sheriff. You got to crash in the lake and then stop, drop, and roll. It's safety, man. You got to do safety. Stop the chase. Be safe. Who is this coming over my CB here? Uh, my handle is Sewer Rat. Right, are you in league with this devil woman? I'm just a safety enthusiast. Fook grabs the stone and says, Is your refrigerator running? <laughs> oh, wise guy. Fook looks, uh, Fook looks back and forth between Hank and Steve the Dashend, and then finally says, Steve, take the wheel. Fook disappears in a silvery mist, reappears on the hood of the cruiser, uh, raises his axe and he's going to try and attack the reins that are connecting it to the horse. Fook disappears into another silvery mist after giving a little wave to the people in the cruiser and reappears in the Trans Am. And of course, because it's a Trans Am, it is not a big car. Like, <laughs> and this is a heavy little paladin in yeah, full armor. Yeah, and just, oh, just so many skin flaps. Uh, so uh, it kind of uh, uh, throws Debbie a little, like, like for a loop and she's still driving backwards. Oh, and then like kind of uh, tries to like course correct and readjust to get back to like moving, moving forward. Sorry for crashing the party, but there was no way I was going to keep riding with Hank. I mean, okay, that's, yeah, I, I guess that's, that's fine. Jeez, just give a girl some warning next time, won't you? I mean, thanks for what you did back there, but lordy. Steve, keep your paws at ten and two. No, just give it. Give me back the wheel. <laughs> and back in the flaming hulk of the cruiser is stopped, and they have bailed out as the the flames have started getting at them. And Shiree Bosco Man is livid at the side of the road. He is now covered in the mud that is on this little dirt highway. His hat has been burned away revealing a bald head and his large veely son just sort of stands dumbly beside him I tell you what boy we are gonna get the fast carriage we are gonna get our thunderbird and we are gonna catch up to them they got horses they can't go forever we are gonna get them if it's the last thing I do and the truck and the Firebird Trans Am just sort of 
disappear into the distance and the hours roll by and the sun goes down. This has been Caverns and Comedians, Dungeons and Dragons powered storytelling with Toronto Comedians. Starring Scott Thrower as Fook the Paladin, Lee Cameron as Snakey the Ranger, Maddox Campbell as Hank the Wizard, and Kyle Scott as the Dungeon Master, with special guest Kat Letwin as Debbie the Outlaw. This has been a Kicks and Giggles production created by Kyle Scott and Maddox Campbell, with editing by Maddox Campbell, themed by Derek Baldwin, and engineered by Andrea Miller. Find out more at cavernsandcomedians.com, and don't forget to like, rate, and share. Thanks for listening. Cool. All right. Uh, how old will you be, Maddox? 32. 32, and you still do a half birthday party. We're the same <laughs> age. Well, because it gets mixed up with Christmas and New Year's. Yeah. That's terrible. I always thought you were younger than me, but you're not so young. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why you thought that. He's just a boy, I not a man. Know. I don't know why I <laughs> thought that. Face. It's about to have been to some distance. Yeah. You I would think, also do look very young. I think it was. I thought we were one year off, so I thought maybe you were one year. Are you both 85? Yeah. No, I'm 86. 85. Oh. Oh. I'm, hmm. I'm turning 32. Yeah, but I just turned 32. Wait, that doesn't make sense. Guys, time is a huge. Did I mess up on my age? <laughs> this would definitely be 31. You're 31, buddy. So, see, 2017 right. minus 1986. Hey, you are right. I yeah. appreciate it. Right? I was like, if I'm 33, I'm going to fucking lose my shit right now. <laughs> no, it's just Maddox saving oh, time. No, yeah, what it is. Was, you just turn was, it back. I was just prepping for this year in advance, I guess. I'm I do that. so I do glad that. this is all recorded. <laughs> <laughs>